Welcome to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lukin, the Financial Dignity Coach. In this podcast, we help you recover a positive and peaceful relationship with your personal finances. We do this by bringing together wise money management with emotional intelligence. Join us for this journey where we navigate our relationship with money as Christine Lucan draws from years of experience and guest experts to help you get to the root of your money issues. Hello and welcome to Money is Emotional with your host, Christine Lucan. Christine, what's going on? <laughs> well, things are going well over here. Uh, we were just talking before we started. I, I don't want to jinx anything because it's happening here in a couple of days, but uh, my dad's getting ready to close on his Florida house, and uh, he is actually going to unleash my sister-in-law, Amber, and I down to Florida to do all of his shopping and furnish the house for him. Oh, good gravy. <laughs> That's okay. So that's going to be fun. I am not a huge fan of shopping because it's just like, it feels like, uh, there's just things that are taxing me, right? Mainly my wallet. But if I get to shop for somebody else, who boy <laughs> game on. So, oh, uh, I can imagine you guys are going to have just a great time. And so, so what, what's the theme? Did he give you some guidelines or he's like, I, I don't want nothing but sailor material in the house or. Well, he basically said, don't make it too girly. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect guidance right there. So, I, I mean, you know, I think if we stick to like nautical themes and maybe throw a little bit of uh, golf because oh, it's yeah. right on the golf course. Now, I'm sure we can make uh, one or two of the spare bedrooms a little more girly if we want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Let me paint paint golf clubs is that uh is that a thing <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah you know what is a th it's weird because i don't like pink like sporting equipment yeah, and things yeah. of that nature i'm just that's that's not my thing at all yeah so, I, well, I, uh... I don't i don't either because i think it is kind of sexist <laughs> to be honest with you but it I, is. I, will, I will tell you this it was hilarious because i'm I'm, we've talked about this before. I'm the guy that all my friends go to. Hey, I need to fix something. Do you know how to do this? And right. 90% of the time, I know how to do it because I've had to do it for myself, or I can just YouTube it, right? I mean, honestly, I, I don't understand why people don't use YouTube more often or you just Google yep. it, you know? But I've got a buddy of mine who's like, hey, I need some help. Can you come over? And I was like, well, do you have any tools to, to be able to fix this? I think we're just trying to fix a dishwasher for him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've got some tools. I go over there and he hands me, it's a pink bag. Every tool in there is pink. And I was like, I was like, are these the only tools you have? He goes, well, yeah, it's, these are, well, my wife bought these a while back and these are the only tools we have. I said, this so is why funny. you call me. Okay. And, and I, again, I'm looking at the toolbox going, that's kind of sexist, but it's funny that he's handing it to me. So anyway, yeah. You're like, where's your man card? Give it up. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, we have yeah. no tools. We got to talk, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, luckily I lived close. I was two two doors down, and so I'm like, I'll be right back. <laughs> Let me go get some tools that fit my hands, please. So, anyway, That's all right. Hilarious. We did not come to talk about pink tools or golf clubs. Uh, no, we did not. Much more important to talk about. What is this? Oh yeah. So the title of today's episode is: Are you helping or are you enabling? Hmm. So when you agree to help someone and money is involved. It can go sideways pretty fast, both 
financially and emotionally. So today we're going to talk about the difference between helping and financial enabling. Mm-hmm. So let's first define exactly what I mean by financial enabling. Okay. So first of all, helping, the definition of helping is doing something for someone that they're unable to do for themselves. Okay. Pretty sure. Enabling is doing something for someone that they can and should be doing for themselves. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I've never heard that de- definition before. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we call this codependency, where essentially there almost is like a parent child dynamic mm-hmm. um, with the transaction. So someone basically says, Hey, I need, I need help with my finances. This is what I need. And, and it could be like, Hey, I need, I I don't have my money for rent or, you know, I'm late on my car payment or I've got a car repair, then I have no money to do it. And so, you know, somebody comes to us for help and, you know, sometimes we may or may not really know the entire situation, right? So they may just simply say like, my car broke down, I don't have money to fix it, I can't get back and forth to work. But they may have left out the fact that three or four days ago that they spent half of their paycheck shopping for things that are not really necessities Mm -hmm. and they have no emergency fund. Right. Yep. So, I mean, this can be, this can be a very sticky situation and it's, it's not cut and dry. I have a lot of personal experience with this. So for those of our listeners, if you haven't listened to the very first episode where I talk about my story, now my ex-fiance, Jeff, I had a very codependent relationship with him. You know, I would kind of jokingly say I was like the parent and he was like my teenage son, but Mm -hmm. that, that literally was the dynamic and finances were a big part of that issue. So he would always be asking me for money to, you know, pay his bills for things that he wanted to buy when he really should have been making that money himself. Unfortunately, there are people who kind of get stuck in this pattern, right? There are, there are people who are doing it, they're manipulating you. I mean, sometimes it's not malicious. Sometimes it's just like a learned behavior. Maybe they saw their parents do this or somebody else in their family. And so they learned this behavior of like, hey, if I guilt this person, (laughs) then, you know, they're going to give me what I want and I don't have to work hard for it. Like, hey, that's I can live with that. That's a better, that sounds better than working hard for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, some people do that. I mean, that was, that was pretty much my ex's story. Unfortunately, or I should say, fortunately, he's not my problem anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Unfortunately, he is now somebody else's problem. But, you know, when someone asks you for financial help, you really want to ask yourself, is this something that the person 
can and should be doing for themselves. And I think when we look at it through that filter, that can really help us to determine, should I be helping this person or am I enabling them to continue with this irresponsible behavior? Okay. I want want to stop there for just a minute because I think there's a big difference between can and should, right? So I want want your, I want your insight on that because can they, uh, well, so let me just give you a, 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 uh, a background real quick. You, you know, my background, my wife and I's background with working with kids. Yeah. And we, we oftentimes after one of our young men would graduate from high school and they are on their own, they'd run into a little bit of problems, right? With, with some yeah. finances or whatever. Uh, when they would come to us, we had some simple rules. Look, here, here's the deal. This is how we work. We don't tell them in advance because we weren't enabling. We weren't going to tell them, Hey, we'll lend you money when you need it. If they came to us and said, hey, I've got a problem, we would set the ground rules. Ground rules were, we will loan you $200 or less, and the deal is you pay it back when you can. If you pay it back, you can borrow again. If you don't hmm. pay it back, don't come back. To, to, don't come right. back to us for a loan because we will right. not loan you on top of a loan. Yeah. That's, that's not going to work. So in using that filter that you're talking about, can and should, should they be able to? Yeah, they should be better with their money in a lot of ways. I, I look at that. Um, can they? Well, they're kind of up against a, a brick wall at this point. Um, right. Unless, you know, you go sell plasma or something. You know, I mean, they're, right. <laughs> yeah. right. We don't want to just tell them to go sell bodily fluids uh, for money, uh, but, you know, we want to help them out. So kind of break that down for me, the can and the should, if you would. Yeah. Well, and the reason why I say it that way is because sometimes there, there are are situations where people get themselves into a jam where maybe they couldn't have avoided something mm-hmm. or you know I do have clients who have um friends or family members who have um you know maybe they've got a sibling who has you know some mental disabilities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. on a regular basis they are helping to pay for some of their expenses yes right And so we're not talking about that. You know, we're not talking about helping someone occasionally. You know, we want to be generous. And sometimes we can bless somebody even when they have completely screwed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. The problem is when it becomes a pattern. So let's let's kind of talk about some of these signs and symptoms of financial enabling. Perfect. I call it like when your help isn't helping. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Absolutely. So the person expects you to help and they use guilt to try to manipulate you. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. And let me tell you, Jeff was an expert at that. You know, he would get mad. He would say I was selfish. You know, he would say like, what's more important to you, me or money? Yeah, like all of this emotional manipulation was a part of that. Yeah. The second symptom is they're a repeat offender, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you've basically already set up some very healthy boundaries around your giving, where you basically said, if you don't pay back the original 200 bucks, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's all that, that's all I'm going to lose on you Mm -hmm. (laughs) on this transaction, right? And so, you know, a lot of times when people are coming to us for help, it's for a lot more than $200. Correct. Yep. You know, so, 
you know, kudos to you for doing that. Um, another sign is that they get worse mm -hmm. over time. Well, well, let's be clear. We had to put that $200 limit because we, we had 68 kids through our program. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to supplement everybody, you know, so there were, there were specific guidelines for a reason, but yes, yeah, it was yeah. definitely guidelines. Yeah. So, you know, and occasionally what you will, what you will find is when you help someone, they will temporarily seem to get better, mm. but you know, three months, four months, six months down the road, they're back in the same situation. Yeah. Right. Because you've probably expressed concern like, hey, this isn't the first time this has happened. I, I'm i very wary about helping you. And then they're like, oh, no, I promise this time I've turned over a new leaf and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then they will prove it to you for 30 or 60 or 90 days. But if if they really don't want to get better and they really are manipulating, they're going to go back to their their old ways. Another huge, huge red flag is that they have some sort of addiction. Yeah. Yeah. So if they've huge. got drugs, alcohol, gambling, etc., they can promise you the world, but by financially enabling this person, you are prolonging the inevitable. And I had um I had somebody call me, it's been years now. But you know how sometimes you remember exactly where you were when something happened. And I, mm -hmm. I remember this conversation so clearly. I was I was talking to them on my earbuds because this person basically said, like, hey, I really need to talk to you right away. And I'm like, hey, I'm not in front of my computer. But like, if if you want to chat over the phone, I'm happy to do that. And, you know, they were they were very concerned because they could see that their their son was like ruining his finances, ruining his yeah. credit. And then, you know, like 15, 20 minutes into the call, they mentioned addiction. And I said, listen to me. Do not give him any money at all. Yeah. And I said, you're going to have to let him ruin his finances. And I said, honestly, money is the least of the worries right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And so when you've got someone with a pattern of substance abuse, just don't. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just don't. That's all I'm going to say. Now, the last two signs are also very important. If you are suffering financially as a result of helping this person, or you will suffer as a result of helping them, don't do it. Yeah. If you're stressed and bitter, aka suffering emotionally because of helping this person, that is a sign that you're not helping. You are enabling because you're not helping them out of your overflow, right? Like you're hurting your own financial health for this person's sake. Yeah. So honestly, just one of these signs can be a major red flag that you've wandered out of helping territory and into financial enabling. So, of course, we have to say, all right, what's the first step to fixing this? Because for many people who are in a situation like this where they are financially enabling someone, this is not something that has just happened. Like, 
this is a longstanding pattern. Mm-hmm. At least it was in my situation. Yeah. The first step is that you have to admit that you're part of the problem. And for me, that was the hardest piece of coming to terms with my relationship with my ex was to own up to the fact that I played a part in this situation because it would have been real easy for me to just say, well, you know, Jeff's an a-hole and if it weren't for him, everything would be fine. But I allowed him to continue the behavior. I gave in to his requests. So I, I was part of the problem. And until I decided that I was no longer available to be part of the problem, that the problem, I mean, the problem didn't fix itself until then. So I think that is the hardest part. And I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts the other day, the Mel Robbins podcast. And she said this, and it just like, it just totally gave me chills. So she said, when you rescue someone, you rob them of the opportunity to grow. Excuse me. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at www.christinelukin.com. And all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it was interesting because I remember telling, you know, the story of Jeff to um, my former CPA. And he said, oh, he said, you had a Jesus complex. I said, what? (laughs) He goes, yeah, you had a savior complex. I'm like, I'm thinking like, I didn't think I'm not like Jesus, right? This is my thought. And he said, he said, you thought you could save him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you did. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And there are actually some people who get addicted to that savior complex feeling of swooping in, saving the day and saying, like, I told you so, blah, blah, blah. You know, I always have to come in and fix up your mess. You know, there are, I I see parents with young adult children who fall into this dynamic. You know, they want to be overly involved, right? We always call them the helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I see that a lot. I see that a lot. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be ready to take responsibility for your part in this dynamic. So when you're ready to take responsibility for your part in this dynamic, then and only then is it time to have the talk. The talk. The talk. And actually, before you have the talk, you need to prepare for the talk. Okay. <laughs> um, so you need to plan the talk. You need to practice the talk. And you need to prepare for the person to be upset. Mm-hmm. So by planning the talk, it's really about really thinking about exactly, okay, what is it about this behavior that's bothersome to me? How is it affecting me? 
How do I want things to look going forward? Because a lot of people, they don't plan the talk. They are triggered to initiate the talk when they are very emotional, right? So basically, let's just say someone borrowed money from you. They said they were going to pay it to you by Friday. And then you get a text that they say they don't have the money, right? Mm -hmm. So you're triggered. You're upset. Now you want to have the talk with them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So you call them on the phone and you give them a piece of your mind and then everything goes sideways. The relationship is damaged and you may or may not ever get your money back. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's important. First of all, you don't want to have the talk with this person while your emotional volume is loud. I like how you said that. While your emotional volume is loud. Yes. Because here's the thing. If you come in with a very calm and positive demeanor for this conversation, you are going to be setting the emotional tone for the conversation. Mm -hmm. If you come into the conversation upset and angry, they're immediately going to go on the defensive and they're not going to hear anything that you're saying. Absolutely. The other thing I like to have people do is actually practice the talk because a lot of people are not comfortable with conversation that is confrontational. Mm-hmm. You know, we have not, most of us have not been taught how to have a hard conversation in a healthy and productive way. We either avoid it <laughs> or we bite the other person's head off. Neither of those two options are really, <laughs> really good. Not beneficial. Yeah. It's not, not very productive at all. Yes. And so one of the things I will actually do with my clients, if they have a situation like this where they're like, oh, Christina would just, you know, I'm really dreading this situation. I will say, okay, here's what I would like to do. I would like for us to practice this conversation. But I said, what I want to do is I am going to be you and I'm going to model for you, you know, the phraseology and and how, you know, kind of the, the structure for how to do this. I want you to be the other person because you know this other person well mm-hmm. and you know how they would respond. So if there is something you think that they will say or you know, maybe there's always something that they kind of throw back in your face. I said, I want you to say it so you can see how I respond to it. Absolutely. That's great. And so we will practice that conversation. And so that way we can see what the emotional outbursts might be. And we already know what the other person is going to say, right? So, so they can come basically armed with the right things to say for the conversation. And then I will also say, okay, so now that we've kind of gotten this all out, you know, I'll I'll send you this framework and the phraseology. And I said, then I'd like you to practice it in the mirror. Because when you're approaching a situation where you're anticipating that someone may be negative or they may be upset, 
it's like you you hold that in your body, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you hold that nervousness and that anxiousness. So if you've practiced the conversation multiple times, it's going to flow much easier for you. Yeah. And so I also tell them to prepare for the other person to be upset and to not be taken off guard by that. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, you know, for me, like when somebody would cry, I'd be like, oh, no, don't cry. Like, here, let me give you money. Let me help you. (laughs) (laughs) Is that all it takes? Because I would have been crying on this podcast a long time ago. Sorry. Well, it might have been what it used to say. We've increased the emotional intelligence since then. That's right. But, But for other people, it's like if someone comes at them very angry and accusatory, then that may be the trigger where they're like, oh, I can't handle somebody else's anger. And then they just cave, right? So Mm -hmm. you almost have to know your own triggers and say, okay, so if this person responds this way, what am I going to say? And I think that's also the benefit of having a a coach and or a therapist where you can talk through these things before you actually have these conversations. Your talk with this person is going to go a hundred times better if you're prepared. So then you actually have to have the talk and hold the boundaries firmly. So the general formula that I teach for an effective talk around boundary setting is to affirm the relationship, to plainly state the problem and how it's affecting you, let them know what you're willing to accept going forward, Mm -hmm. along with any timelines that might be associated with that yeah um you know so for example you know the the 200 dollars that you're like hey i'm willing to lend you this Mm -hmm. so you can say like hey son i love you to pieces and you know the fact that i loaned you this 200 dollars you haven't paid it back and you're asking for another 200 dollars it's that crosses a boundary for me and it it makes me feel honestly disrespected because i've told you that this is my boundary Mm -hmm. if you want to pay me back the original 200 at any time in the future i'm happy to relend it to you end of story right now let's talk about maybe a little more um sticky emotional situation so let's just say your grown son 24 years old he lost his job three months ago Mm -hmm. he's spending the vast majority of the day playing video games down in the basement and not looking for a job not paying any rent not buying any groceries what wait 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 wait. did you just say he's living in my house yes i did Okay. I'm just saying, as an example, (laughs) this is not an uncommon example, unfortunately. I know, (laughs) I know, I I know, right? Yeah, I know. I just just wanted to clarify, he's in my basement. Got it. Eating my Cheetos (laughs) and playing video games. Taking my bandwidth. All right, go ahead. Yes. So, you know, you might just say, hey, son, you know I love you very much. And, you know, I, I really felt for you. I know it was a hard blow for you when you lost this job because you loved it. The fact of the matter is you've had 90 days here 
free of charge to regroup and get back on your feet. We're really no further than you were on day one. And that's a problem for me because, you know, you're costing your mother and I money. <laughs> you're eating a lot of our groceries and there are financial goals that that we want to accomplish. So here is what's going to happen. Within the next 30 days, you're going to start paying us $300 in rent. In the next 60 days, you're going to start paying us $600 in rent. In the next 90 days, you're going to start paying us $900 in rent. And if you want to continue to live in our basement and have your rent go up by $300 a month, you're more than welcome to do that. But what I suggest is that you take the next 30 days rent-free, that you buckle down, you find yourself a job, and start saving for a down payment. If you find an apartment before your next rent is due, whatever that amount is, we will match you for your down payment. Hmm. Right? Could be that easy. Yep. You know, so you have a timeline. It's a reasonable timeline. You know, you're basically putting the responsibility back in their court. You know, you're not saying like, hey, you got two weeks and I'm putting you out on the street. You know, because yeah. that may not be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I like about what you said is it's the carrot and the stick, yes. right? It's not either or it's right. the carrot and the stick. So you, mm -hmm. you've got some benefits there. I mean, number one, he's, he's obviously got a lot of benefits already and he's just too comfortable. So you're making right. it a little bit uncomfortable because out of the, out of the peripheral vision, there's the stick, but right in front of him, in my opinion, is the carrot, right? Because your, your short term is if you find a job, if you do this, you find an apartment, we will, this is a benefit that we're going to give you on top of you already living here free and eating all my Cheetos. So right. you've given him that, <laughs> right? That that's there, but looming in the, in the peripheral is the proverbial stick that mm -hmm. just in case you're not motivated enough, 300 bucks, 600 bucks, 900 bucks, you know, so on and so forth. So I love right. that. I love, I've loved that approach. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, you want to make sure the timelines and the consequences are reasonable because I've seen I've seen people do this the wrong way. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen people be like, all right, that's it. You got a week, you got two weeks, and then you're really not setting that person up for success <laughs> to and, get and, out and on their own. Correct. And it's not reasonable because even if they get a job within those two weeks, they're not going to get their first paycheck for at least another two to three weeks, maybe right. even four. You mm -hmm. got to go through, you know, HR, then you got to go through some training and, you know, it can be a process, but being involved in a conversation instead of, you know, just that deadline, hard nose, this is what you're going to do or else mm -hmm. that that's the game changer. And I, I think that, yeah, I just love the path that you take these the folks on because it's, Again, money is emotional. That's the name of the podcast. It can be emotional yep. <laughs> if you're just, if you don't want to have the conversation, you're just barking the rules and then it's just unreasonable. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. Then that's, that's perfect. Well, and here's the other thing you want to make sure you hold your boundaries firmly mm -hmm. and it might hurt you more than it hurts them. So there are people who are on the other side of the spectrum who will say like, here's what the consequences will be. However, when it gets close to the line of having to enforce that consequence, they're like, well, mm, yeah, and here's the problem. That person knows 
that that's how you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they know that, you know, if you draw that line in the sand, that they can just walk over and kind of <laughs> rub it, it out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. This isn't and, their first rodeo. They, they right. know you. Well, and I will be honest with you. That was my problem. That was my problem. You mm -hmm. know, I, I would set boundaries and say like, this is my boundary. And Jeff would just wear me down to the point to where I would cave. So he basically knew if he could suffer through my storm of emotions that he could wear me down and get what he wanted. Yeah. So, and it wasn't until I finally said, I mean, I basically got to the point to where I was completely unemotional about it because I knew I was like, I knew I was plotting my escape and I was just like, no, <laughs> mm -hmm. it was almost like a switch was just like flipped in my head where I was like, I am done. Yeah. D O N E done. <laughs> you're, just, you're just waiting for that question he asked you before. What means more to you, money or me? Well, let me tell you. Well, I would take five bucks to get you out of here. <laughs> I'd pay five bucks to get you out of here. Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it is a wonderful thing to help people with money when you're able to do it in a way that maintains your financial dignity and theirs. Yeah. yeah. So that's really what it's all about. So, you know, and... I know we'll probably do some episodes in the future regarding things like loaning money and co-signing and, and some of those things and setting some good healthy boundaries and parameters around that. But I really wanted to address this topic because I know it's it's not uncommon and it's usually with a close friend or family member where these situations happen mm -hmm. and it can be very emotional. So you know, if somebody's out there and they're like, uh, yes, you know, I don't just need help with my personal finances, but I also have this, this drain <laughs> of financial enabling going on in my finances as well, that if I could get help with that, it's going to help everything else in my personal finances. I've opened up time in my calendar to talk to you. So if you want to set up a time for us to chat and we'll see if your situation is a good fit for financial dignity coaching, I've actually added some new smaller coaching containers that are more um, topic focused. So if someone's like, hey, my finances are not a complete disaster, maybe I just need you for a single session to help me plan and talk this out. Mm -hmm. about an enabling situation, or maybe I need you for 60 days instead of six months to help me with some of these things, that is now available. So, um, but no matter what, you're still going to go to the website, christinelucan.com forward slash apply so that we can have a talk and then we'll figure out what is the best solution for your particular situation. And, you know, for some people who prefer the high value, low cost DIY approach. Uh, we have my financial dignity on demand course, and there's actually an entire module of the course on navigating money and relationships. So that's at financialdignityondemand.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's such valuable information. And to the listener, because I know there's somebody out there that is in this situation because 
I've been in this situation, Christine. <laughs> we, have, we haven't talked about this. Maybe I'm going to lay on your couch here a little bit later and, and talk to you about <laughs> my issue. Uh, but if you are in a situation where one of your children is kind of being that dependent on you and getting loans and you know needs help here and there and maybe even more and more, and you know that they've already gotten help from one of their siblings. Mm. Yeah, that can be complex because that yeah. kind of happened to us with my my son and my daughter and and uh, my son needing some help and getting some help from us and also then, you know, owing some money to his sister and, you mm. know, as the parents were in the middle of it and it can be complex. I know you've got some strategies for that and some wisdom for that. So listener, please yeah. email in because Christine's seen this before. Uh, trust me, yeah. we, we, we talk off air a lot. Uh, she gives me a lot of free advice, uh, which I'm very happy about. So anyway, do that. Christine, this, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for everything today and giving out that contact information. One more time with the website. Uh, ChristineLucan.com and forward slash apply if they want to set up a time to chat with me. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Thank you again. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Money is Emotional podcast with Christine Lucan. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Christine comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. I, I, I do ask you guys to share this quite often. And again, this is one you really want to share, especially with your friends who have adult children or, or late teenage children who seem to be a little poor with money and maybe need a little extra help. This is something they need to hear. So please, please share it. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Money is Emotional, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money is Emotional podcast. To get in touch, visit our website at www.christinelucan.com or drop us a line at hello at christinelucan.com. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Christine Lucan. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your advisor, tax professional, or other qualified financial professional with any questions you may have regarding your personal finances.